Hello. So, first podcast. Now, stepping out of my comfort zone a little bit here. Um, want this to be the first podcast in a series of podcasts that is entertaining, helpful um, for both you guys and me. Um, you know, I want this to be a little bit of escapism for me. I want to. I want to get people on the pod. Um, that have helped me in the past so that they can help you guys as well. Um, I want to get people on the podcast that I think have got interesting stories um, that align with the interests of the people that follow me on Instagram um, so that you find it obviously entertaining and, 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 and useful. So um, yeah, there's gonna be uh, there's gonna be a couple of uh, episodes coming out in the next couple of weeks, more with guests. Uh, but this first one, I just wanted to do a solo one to introduce uh, myself a little bit, introduce the podcast more. So most of you that um, are listening will probably uh, probably know me to start off with. Um, but yeah, for those of you that kind of just interact with me on Instagram and follow my stuff. Um, on there but kind of don't know me on a personal level i thought this would be a good idea um to do this first um so you can kind of get used to uh get used to what it's going to be about get used to me and how i talk and that kind of thing so the guests for uh, the next few weeks um there's a couple of uh, a couple of my friends i'm gonna get on it hopefully next week so we can have a little bit of a round table discussion about a few different things um, i'm going to get them to post it on their social media as well um, they have um they both have very um very active followings um which i'm going to come back to that we're going to come back to that later on today in this podcast about um, having an active following rather than a large following um so yeah it'd be good so i'm hopefully going to get uh, tom ogden and paul rob on the pod next week so uh, if any of you guys know them or follow them or find their stuff interesting uh, let us know in either the comment section of, uh, of wherever you're listening to this podcast or watching this podcast or on instagram um or facebook any questions you've got for them uh further to that uh, after getting some guys on from the industry that i get on really well with and respect i'm gonna get uh, my accountant on uh, he's called paul white a uh, great bloke i won't blow him up too much because he'll uh, he'll be getting a big head but he is uh, he's 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 a really nice guy he's funny he's very very funny um and he's more than he's more than an accountant to me. I've, I consider I consider him a friend. He's a good good bloke, and he's helped me a lot. Um, and interestingly, I didn't know him before he was my accountant, so that even speaks more volumes about him um, as a as a person. Um, the good thing about uh, Paul having Paul on the accountant is um, he, he's a businessman first and foremost, and. Um, a lot of uh, when I put this podcast out um, in, the, in the intro, and I tried to kind of get you guys to uh, tell me what um, what you guys wanted to hear. Uh, a lot of that was uh, business based, um, and one of the things I'm going to talk about today is 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 a little bit of that. Um, but as I say, yeah, Paul's a businessman first and foremost. Hold me, just going to get a quick drink. 
yeah, so Paul's a businessman first and foremost before he's an accountant. Um, and I think that um, has really helped me uh, because I can ask him questions about the business, um, his advice uh, and that kind of thing. He's always free to meet me for a coffee and that kind of thing. So that'll be really, really good. Um, I'll introduce, I'll introduce um, that pod on a post um, and talk to you guys a little bit more about that. Um, so you get a bigger background um, of uh, a, 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 a bigger indication, sorry, of Paul's background, um, and then you'd be, be able to ask um, some clearer questions. Um, I think he's actually completed lockdown as well. He, the, the amount of people he's helped um, in this during this period has been incredible. Um, uh, so yeah, it'd be um, it'd be good to have him on to to help you guys push forward after lockdown and all the small businesses reopening and that kind of thing. So. Further to Paul, after that, we're gonna take a little bit of a turn and we're gonna to turn towards more of a bodybuilding focus. Um, the first person I'm gonna have on, I think, um, with regards to bodybuilding is uh, Cam McKay. Um, a lot of you will probably, a lot of you that follow me will probably follow Cam. Um, we, um, it's a strange, it's a strange day and age where you say you're kind of in the same circles on social media, but here we are. That is that is how we live our lives um, currently. So yeah, Cam, Cam and I have known each other for a long time. Um, we first met in a toilet in Scotland, but I'll leave that story till our till our podcast. Um, it, yeah, he, he's a he's a he's a top class bodybuilder. He will he will undoubtedly go pro. Um, more so, not because of the way, um, uh, sorry, no, it is the way, the way he looks. Equally, the way he looks and the way he handles himself. Um, and what I mean by that is um, the, the boxes he ticks uh, day to day, the things, um, the things he does that, um, that others don't, which has enabled him to change in a way which others haven't, um, and we're going to highlight that. I spoke to Cam this week about coming on, and we, we agreed that um, there's a couple of funny things we could highlight. He gets um, he gets trolled on the internet constantly. He gets trolled on Reddit. People post Reddit. Um, there's a there's a there's a thread on Reddit called Natty or Not. Um, unfortunately, I've never been big enough to be. Uh, to, to be asked that question um, for the people that kind of don't know what they're talking about, it, it, which is this, which is what this thread is full of, and um, yeah, it, it, so so he gets trolled a lot. And um, what I want to do with Cam is, firstly, um, give people an indication of how fucking hard it actually is to do what he's done, um, and the kind of the implications on your life, both negatively and positively. Um, the um, the kind of um, the, the things that you have to do day to day that other people consider uh, minute or not really um, not really worthwhile or not really worthwhile tracking that ultimately have led him to look the way look the way he does. Um, so yeah, that's going to be an interesting one, especially. Uh, I also wanted to give Cam a voice. It's important to um, 
I mean, it's really important not to rise to trolls on the internet, um, but it's also, I think, important to use that to, um, use that to educate those people that want educating and will benefit from it. So these people that talk shit about him on the internet and shit about other people as well, they don't want help. They don't want to know um, the, the, the kind of what's involved because they don't, they've got no interest in, in, in changing to that degree or they've got no interest in being as successful as the person they're taking a piss out of basically. So um, that's going to be a good one. Um, but today, for today's pod, uh, we're going to get to it. I put um, a little suggestion box on my Instagram about what people wanted to hear about, what people wanted me to talk about, because um, one of the things uh, that I, um, I've learned about social media over the years is that um, a lot of people, a lot of people talk about the things they want to talk about rather than uh, the things that uh, their followers want them to. If we're looking at social media from a business point of view, um, I was chatting with, um, I was chatting with Chris Wright, actually um, a, a, a guy who uh, is a PT on the Wirral out of Pure Gym in Bromborough. Um, and we were talking about um, kind of the analytics of followers and how you, um, and how you interact with those, what time of day they're on, um, and all these things that are important. And, and it's important to, if you're gonna use your page as a business page, it's important to, it's, it's important to, this sounds really obvious, really, really fucking obvious, but if you're gonna use your page as a business page, don't, don't just talk about the things that you want to talk about, talk about the things that the people that follow you the most want you to talk about. And that is why I put this first podcast to you guys, rather than me, uh, rather than me waffling on about things that I like and I enjoy. We will probably get to that later down the line um, because the pod will probably morph into, um, or the listeners of the pod will probably be similar to myself because um, that's the nature of kind of what you do with a podcast. Uh, but yeah, for now, I wanted to leave it to you guys. So in today's pod, a couple of people got back to me with some really, really good um really really good headliners um and i'm gonna i'm gonna do my best to elaborate on a few touch on a few more um, and kind of delve in and out of them so firstly um someone asked me to uh, talk about how to fit a diet into everyday life and make it sustainable so that's going to be topic one um topic two is going to be um how to uh, top or sorry top tips was the question top tips for opening your own personal training studio um, and i'm going to elaborate on that one as well as the first one um, and we're going to go into um i'm going to kind of just give you a rundown of what i did um purely because that's my only experience with it and secondly i'd like to think i've done okay um and I like to think the business is gonna grow because of the things we've done and the foundations I put in place before opening, um, which is all part of top tips for opening and not just running. So, gonna do that. 
Uh, someone's asked me to talk about performance enhancing drugs. So I'm gonna talk about performance enhancing drugs today. I'm gonna talk about them in a slightly different way to perhaps that person um, want, uh, asked me to talk about them. Um, but more so because it's a, it's it, that will help you guys more um, and help some of the general population who are listening who maybe have a taboo around um, performance enhancing drugs. I'm going to give them a kind of a clear indication of how it ch how that changes from industry to industry. So how one or even section to section of the industry. So how one section might look at it differently to the other, and so on and so forth. Further to that, we're going to talk a little bit about what I've just said there about being a taboo subject. How you can tackle other taboo subjects. Now, one person uh, got back to me and they asked me to talk about. Um, kind of the female cycle uh, periods, um, how that affects training, um, how that affects nutrition and that kind of thing. However, that for me is probably a podcast on its own. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about how to deal with it being taboo rather than the actual subject, um, which hopefully is gonna help that person and help some other people. Um, tackle that. So, they are the four main uh, topics I'm going to talk about today. Um, so yeah, just got a quick drink before I crack on with the first one. So, how to fit a, um, a diet into everyday life um, and make it sustainable. Now, firstly, I'm going to peg it a little bit back further than that and I'm going to I'm going to use, um, I'm not going to use a set example, for example, dieting. Um, the more you know about something, the better your decision making on that topic, therefore, the greater the results once you have made that decision um, and the more you will benefit from it. So, leading with that. A lot of coaches will just say calorie deficit and give it no context. Now, giving people information without context is an absolute shitstorm of an idea because you can be 100% right in the context that you meant it in, but if you don't give that context, someone can pull it apart, make you look like an absolute melon, and things just can't it just you go around in circles so what we do know here's the things that we do know categorically about um about dieting you have to be in a calorie deficit to lose any form of bodily tissue whether that be fatty tissue or muscle tissue okay um from once you are in a calorie deficit to maintain enough muscle tissue to still look good or build muscle tissue, because some people can build muscle tissue in a deficit depending on where you are in your training life or journey. Um, from there, you then need to understand that we need to eat enough protein to uh, maintain or build muscle, which is round about um, a gram of protein per pound of body fat. That is a, that is a very, um, kind of 
straightforward approach to doing it. Um, now, fitting um, fitting into an everyday lifestyle, um, again, that that kind of comes from that kind of comes from. Um, like I said at the start, knowing a little bit more about it, um, but also not being so hard on yourself. So what a lot of what a lot of we I'm going to use the word gem pop again. I didn't explain that properly. Maybe um, a lot, in our industry we have um, we'll use like different bits of lingo, and, and one of them will be gem pop, and that, what that would mean is the general population and and uh, and uh, and them as a client rather than athletes now what a lot of the general population want is a result like an athlete but what they don't factor in is that the sacrifices those athletes make um to to generate such a result um that that people who are gen pop clients they they don't even have it's not that they do, it's not that they don't um want to sacrifice them it's that they have no choice to sacrifice them so a lot of results you see of people without children um you know without um who have free time at a certain time of the day who don't have to do this for work or, or whatever else but what it's really really important to if you're going to make it if you're going to put it into everyday life and it's going to be sustainable it's really important to, um, to to give yourself a little bit of a break so what i mean by that is you when we look at dieting we look a lot of people look at it from a very one-dimensional point of view have i lost body fat no what next like and it, do, it doesn't necessarily have to be like that so um what i mean by giving yourself a little break is that first and foremost again this comes down to more understanding your body does not know what day of the week it is so let's say for example you know that you need to be eating 1800 calories to lose body fat you from there most people will feel shit about themselves and will get really down on themselves if they if they don't if they don't hit bang on eighteen hundred every single day. Now, what I mean by your body doesn't know what day it is. There is no magical switch at midnight, so you do not have to like your body doesn't know at one minute past midnight it's eating tomorrow's food or it would be then today's food, and it doesn't know that the food you ate prior to midnight is the day before's food. So step back, give yourself a little break, and understand that it's what you do most of the time that matters rather than what you do acutely. So if we look, if we start looking at averages instead of looking at individual pieces of data i.e how many calories you ate on one day if you track your calories and you look at what you've uh, eaten across the week some days are 2000 some days are 1600 still going on the basis that you'll cal that you want to eat 1800 calories then if you eat an even amount of um calories like that averagely 
So 1,600, 2,000 obviously would create an average of 1,800. If you get to the end of the week um, or the end of a kind of eight to 10 day period and your calories are what you've set them for averagely, you will still move towards your goal in a relatively similar amount of time probably the same and we'd have to look at a study to, to pull that out but you probably still move towards your end goal in this at the same rate um because it is that simple going back to what i said your body doesn't know what day it is so you, to, that is the first point of call to fitting dieting into an everyday life now it's probably also very important that that relaxed approach to dieting is 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 paramount because when you when you when you announce that you are on a diet, you put yourself under pressure. Um, if you approach it slightly differently and saying, "Listen, I'm not happy with the amount of body fat I've got. Um, I want to do something about that." And so, what I'm going to do is I'm going to start making small, sustainable changes. Um, and then once we put them all together, they're going to become, um, they're going to become stronger as a group. Um, and then all of a sudden you'll have built those small habits and you'll then be in a, you'll be in a dieting phase that you didn't just go bang, full stop on the last phase. And now I'm in a diet phase and it won't be such a shock to the system in, in a sense of, um, in a sense of feeling pressure, um, feeling hungry because you've put yourself on too low calories and that kind of thing. So my answer to the question of how to fit um, how to fit dieting into an everyday lifestyle is understand the process of dieting more. Um, be careful where you get your information from. Understand calories and calorie deficits. Understand from there, foods that help you feel full. Um, understand what energy expenditure is or uh, what meat is um, as well on top of energy expenditure. Um, so if you are listening to this, grab a pen, write these little headers down, you can look at them. Meat is non-exercise activity thermogenesis. And what that means is that the, the, the total calories you burn during the day that isn't in your little block of exercise. So um, linking back to something I said before about um, concentrating on what you do most of the time or, or rather than concentrating on what you do some of the time or acutely um, will help you. So if you look at what you can burn in a half an hour cardio session as opposed to what just generally being active throughout the day um, can burn, then the trade-off is massive. So you you'll also um, you'll also find if you're really trying to blast cardio sessions hard each day in a in a in some kind of way to make up for calories you've eaten, um, you, you're gonna find that hard to you're gonna find that hard to to trade off because you know you could be you could be absolutely pelting the bike for a spin bike for twenty minutes, um, and you could only have burnt off. 250 calories and that is a snickers snickers are 249 calories so it, if you if you're trying to negate calories by blasting cardio it, it's, it's it's no good so 
fitting it into an everyday lifestyle, fitting dieting into an everyday lifestyle, making it sustainable, understanding calories, understanding calorie deficits, understanding um, what NEAT is, non-exercise activity thermogenesis, um, putting them all together. Um, we can track NEAT by tracking steps. It's very easy um, to track steps. Amazon do their own version of the Fitbit and it's 18 quid um, and it tracks your steps. Um, and if you just put it on, it will it will show you how much you're moving during the day and every single step from the first step you take out of bed to the set to the last step you take before you go into sleep goes um, goes towards um, goes towards your whole total. So when you add them all up at the end of the day and you're conscious about that, i.e., you take the stairs, you park far away at the supermarkets, you do all these things, they all add up. Um, and it just means you don't have to do the crazy, crazy, crazy stuff to make up for uh, the small kind of uh, kind of other other things that you, you you've eaten. And then once you understand calories, once you understand calorie deficits, once you understand um, kind of your overall energy expenditure, and you understand what they do together, then go back exactly to what I said at the start, which was do everything averagely. Don't go day by day, go week by week. Track all your data, make an average of it. Um, when I say track all your data, we're talking like track your steps, track your calories. If things aren't moving in the right direction towards the end of the week, with regards to your photos, with regards to your measurements, with regards to your weight, because if you are in a dieting phase, you shouldn't get obsessed with any of them as a singular piece of data, but together they create a more valuable piece of data and a more valuable, um, a more valuable telltale story of what is going on. Okay, and if they're not moving in the right place together, then you can make a very, very, very slight change, and you go again the next week. There is no rush. Very easy for me to say this about. It does, don't have to do it in 10 weeks, you don't have to do it in 8, don't have to do it in 12. Especially as somebody who owns a company that we do that, we do 10 week transformations, we do 12 week transformations, we do as long as they need to be. What I will always say to a client is the longer you give me, the better your result will be. But when we look at the question that's been asked, which is, how to fit diet in an everyday lifestyle and make it sustainable, the nature of that generally isn't quick. So understanding where your position and where you are and where you want to be is key to finding a result to that question. So understand calories, understand calorie deficits, understand um, your energy expenditure, um, understand that your body does not switch off and switch the next day at midnight. So if you eat a little bit more one day, that's fine. If you eat a little bit less the next day, that's fine. If you do some training on one day and not some on the other, that's also fine. Because as long as you cycle through uh, enough of what you need to do over a certain time period, there is no need to worry about everything else because worry will only hinder your opportunity or hinder your chances of getting a good result, okay? Further to that, once you've understood calories, you'll then make better decisions when you eat on the move. I will never be the kind of person that tells somebody that they that they have to um, have to prep every meal. Um, when clients ask for meal plans, they get meal plans. 
but they also those meal plans also come with a disclaimer warning and a kind of um and a kind of filleting year if you like from me to say that this does not mean there is any banned foods and that all foods are made for human consumption so it's very important if you want to fit it into an everyday life that you um that that you kind of understand that demonizing things will only create a bad relationship with them and make you want them more and therefore eating on the move and learning to eat on the move is important and you will learn to eat on the move and you will learn to make good decisions once you understand those first things that i've asked you to understand um because one thing that I'm certain is you can't always have a coach. So it's very important for me in this position to say to you, this is how you find the answers rather than this is the answer, go and do it. Because the answer always changes. When your body changes, you'll eat a different number of calories. Uh, when your body changes, you'll do a different amount of exercise or a different type of exercise that is more beneficial to you and where you are. So the answer to the question is educate, educating yourself on those little things. Um, and that's what creates sustainability having information about a topic that you want to be successful at will allow you to 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 kind of always have that information and therefore make it sustainable so we're going to leave that one there i'm going to move on um and i'm going to look at top tips for opening um opening a personal training studio um, and especially moving from um, moving from a gym floor environment because it is very, very, very different. I think different in a good way, but I'm biased because I have this. Um, however, I haven't always PT'd in a studio. Um, I've PT'd on gym floors. Um, it's funny, I remember the day quite clearly um, that I decided enough was enough and that I was gonna do my own studio uh, from my from my prior experience with working in someone else's studio and also working in a gym at the same time. Um, I remember the day, like it was yesterday, it was clear as day. So I was in the free weights area um, and I was training uh, a client, a female client, um, late 30s, um, my first ever client when I went when I when I started full time PT actually, um, maybe five years ago now five years ago, um, who is still my client to this day. Um, hopefully, going to get her on a podcast actually because she has a lot of cool life experience and has a very 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 cool job. So um, that's maybe one for the future. However, I was training this lady, um, and we were in the free weights area and which is obviously really important for those females listening, get in the free weights area. And there was these three lads and slamming dumbbells down as they do. And one of them started talking about, talking about girly banged at the weekend. And, go, and I'm talking, going into details and they did this and they did that. And I'm looking at this client and I'm going, I'm miming, I'm sorry to her. Um, and I just kind of left that session and I was like, you know what? I'm not even going to apologize for that. I'm just going to put some shit into action and, 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 and start doing the studio. So firstly, first thing I did 
was I was careful to build up a clientele and a kind of niche and have a very set direction um, for where I wanted um, my business to go, whether it was in a gym, whether it was in a studio, whether it was in a park, I knew the kind of thing I wanted to do with clients and that is the first one. So it's really, really important to have uh, have direction if you want a result from 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 kind of what you do. So um, that is the that is the first thing. Like I did, I built up a clientele because I knew moving into a studio was going to be um, going to be more responsibility than I'd ever had before. Um, Previous to being in a studio, I worked in I worked in someone else's private studio and I worked in the gym, like I said. Um, and in that um, in that first studio, we were fed clients. Um, the advertising process was done away from us, and we were paid per session. Um, which that model has um, has its benefits um, if you want to just work on volume, and you and you want your company to and and and, and you want your company to. Um, you want your company to have set ways of doing things um, and then everyone kind of reads from the same hymn sheet. But personal training, I think, is really, really hard to do that with um, because um, I know um, when I left the company, a lot of my clients left as well. Um, and when other PTs left the company, um, their clients left with them too, just naturally. Um, and kind of, that is the nature of personal training. Um, and you know that's just one of them things so um anyway built up uh, built up the clientele because i i, I recognized that having the responsibility of um the studio rent and the studio utilities and the doing up of the studio obviously would cost money um but it was the responsibility that got me so i was i was absolutely certain that um I needed to have a business to move into the shell. It wasn't about, uh, it was never about the shell. It was never about, it was never about what was here. And um, there's a, a couple of guys that started in the studio with me, uh, Chris uh, Graham and Danny Wilson, have both gone on to do their own things now. They, um, they will, they will vouch for me. We didn't have a lot of, we didn't have a lot of kit, um, but what we did have was what we needed for clients to obtain results, and whether at one point in time there was uh, there was there was two squat racks, there's still two, um, a set of dumbbells up to thirty kilos, um, and some plates, and that and that was it. We had squat racks, barbells, plates, and dumbbells, and a couple of benches, and we used the space for what it was. Now, that's that's important for me because. Um, one of the things that I would say to people is um, when they do open a studio, it's nice having things all nice and shiny and, and spanking new, but your absolute main focus should always be um, are the clients getting a result? And if you've got enough for a client to get results, then you are doing your job. It's that simple. People are paying you to get results. You can strip personal training back to people. Um, people get friendly with their clients. Um, you know, people uh, end up socializing with them um, blah, 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 blah. and that is often when you can lose a client and you can lose the um, and you can lose what they've paid you for 
and a lot of my guys will say uh, i'll tell you um i spoke to one this week on on his check-in um, and the first couple of minutes of his check-in was basically listen i might be your mate but you're not paying me to be your mate and i'm going to talk to you as bluntly as possible or as bluntly as is needed to obtain for you to obtain the result that you've paid me for and it's that fucking simple like it doesn't it, it doesn't matter how well I've, I've known this guy now it's nearly 10 years um yeah 10 years i've known i've known him um so it, and it doesn't matter you you've got to be able to you've got to be able to under any circumstance whether you're in a studio whether you're in a gym you've got to be able to step back and go i am the pt you are getting this results because this is what you've paid me for and you've got to find a way of it happening so with that in mind i ha i made sure i had a direction and i had a um a, a full clientele to move straight into the studio because I knew if that was in place, the responsibilities of the studio would also be covered, the rent, the um, the utility bills, um, and and slowly we'd be able to do the studio up um, with the money that I would earn from the the new clientele and the and the and the old clientele that I would come in through the door uh, because they ultimately didn't care where we were. They just wanted to be coached and they wanted the result that they 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 were getting and the result that they paid for. So they're the, they're the two things, have direction and from that direction, build up your client base before you move into a studio because yeah, you pay gym rent, um, but it's, it's just different when it's your own studio. It's it, it, it's just, there's that little element more of responsibility. So um, from there, once you've got your clientele and once you've got your um once you've got your direction the first thing i did was look at um if you've collected data on your clients properly look at the the demographic look at the geography of them um and look at um where yeah where they live um my studio is uh, as close to putting um putting a dart into a map of where all my clients had access to all my social circles were nearby and um kind of in an in an area that we also knew not just from being um not just from kind of living local but from socializing locally as well um, and different kind of groups like that. So if you bang a dart in the middle of the world, um, then you're gonna, you're gonna find my studio and it's next to a motorway turn off, which is probably the spaghetti junction of the world. Um, and that was absolutely intentional. And if you don't think location is important and if you just get getting somewhere, uh, that's kind of hid, hidden away, I mean, Hidden away is is one thing if you get your advertising right and you get your marketing right, but um, people knowing where you are, people drive past my sign every day, and I think that's really important. And and that is something that I always say to people: really have a long, hard think about where you want to put your studio, where you want to put your gym, why you want to put it there. Um, because I guarantee you, your first customers will be people that you know, um, and then 
people that you don't know will then come in through uh, through the doors and it's really important to cater to them so that that can happen further down the line and um, so once you've got your direction once you've got your clientele and your client base to then make sure that the bills are covered um, and you found your location whilst you found whilst you're finding your location you should be looking at what you think uh, you should be looking at what you mostly use in the gym that you're in. So if you're in a pure gym and you find yourself mostly in the free weights area rather than say what would be a functional area, then that's the kind of kit you need to look at. And then you need to start shopping around and then you need to start understanding the cost implications of what you're trying to do um, and, and, and what the next steps are. Because ultimately from this point, once you've got your clientele, once your ongoing bills are covered, not your initial bills, um, once you've really understood the importance of the geography and you've understood um, the importance of what you need, um, and then I did a list of what I, in fact, I did a three-way list. I did a, I did a list of all items that I wanted and then I color coded it um, red, amber, green. Red was not just yet, amber was maybe if I've got enough money and green was this is what I need to get to obtain, for all my clients to obtain a result. We got the green stuff, the clients got results, new clients come in, they put money in the till, we bought the orange stuff and we went from there. New clients come in, you buy the red stuff, you ultimately get to a point over a couple of year period, three year, two, three year period where you've got what you wanted then the business can evolve from there. Um, but from that point when you've got all them, then look at what you've got to start. I'm not gonna decorate it. You, you need you need a little bit of a cash injection to start. Um, I, had a, I had a small amount, enough to do things uh, that I wanted. Perfect example of using your noggin. The floor that you can see behind the camera, um, is um, I got quoted, I think for this room alone, which is like five and a half or six meters by 11, uh, I got quoted like three grand for gym flooring. Um, and the, the, the put it this way, the studio wasn't happening if I was having to spend three grand on gym flooring. Um, and I, I, found a, I found a guy on eBay after searching high and low who was selling rubber flooring, not gym flooring, um, and he owned a company that um, they demolished old AstroTurf. So I don't know if any of the lads listening will remember the sand AstroTurfs before it was 3G and then before it was 4G. Um, or any girls that play for that matter, pardon me there, don't want anyone jumping down my neck in the comments section. Sorry about that. Um, old AstroTurfs are made of about eight layers. Um, and one of the layers is two centimeter thick rubber floor. Now, the floor came a little bit battered, um, but ultimately I bought enough rubber uh, rubber matting off him, which cost me about six, 700 quid, um, but I bought enough off him to cover the floor. Now, it came like an absolute shit show, um, and I just jazzed it up. I, paint, I, I found a paint that was applicable. Um, I watered the paint down so it would soak into the rubber and I painted the floor and it looked good as new. And you know what, three, four years? God, what year was it? 2016. It'll be four years in, um, 
September, four years in September, October this year that the gym's been open and the same floor is still down and it's it's doing a good job. It's doing a good job. So that from from when you understand how much money you've got to you've got to make. Oh, sorry, you've got to spend. Then look at then look at um, what how you can not make shortcuts. But you are going to have to find a way of doing things sometimes a lot cheaper when you're opening a business without investment um, from an out from an outside party, um, which is really really important. Now I can't advise on investment from an outside party because I didn't I didn't I didn't have it. Um, it's, I didn't have it to the degree where they were they were a, um, a kind of a kind of had a, had a say in the business. Um, my dad helped me out a little bit. Admittedly, that's something that a lot of people, um, a lot of people, a lot of people are lucky enough to have it. A lot of people are not a lot aren't lucky enough to have it. Um, but it was, um, but yeah. So, but 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 as I say, most of it was done on um, most of it was done on finding ways to do something um, the same as what the kind of the big companies were selling, but. Um, but but, uh, but a slightly more cost effective way. So as I say, the floor I saved about I must have, I must have saved two two and a half grand on the floor, um, and then finally after that um, is the kind of the wake up call that I had was get ready to wear as many different hats as possible, and and this is really transferable to to coaching once you are in. You have to wear you have to wear so many different hats. Like people come in this door, and I and I. Um, and I and I speak to people a certain way, um, and I speak to other people a different way, and that's all about leverage and leveraging people to, um, to so they do what you want. And I don't mean that in in a kind of bad way. I mean that in a good way because that's what coaching is. You can have all the information in the world. You can have you can have all the knowledge. You can have read all the scientific studies. If you don't have an inkling about how to make someone do something you you need them to do or want them to do by way of either putting an arm around the shoulder or bollocking them very much like man management during sport or during an, or, or within an office environment. Um, you ain't gonna get people the results, it's that simple. So going back to that, wear as many different hats as possible. One, in your coaching, and two, when you're doing stuff like every wall in here, I painted, I fitted the floor with a couple of my mates. Um, I, there's a welcome mat here that you guys can't see um and I, I just bought a roll of it and i and i cut um i cut floor trimming out um that you find between doors and i and i fitted the welcome mat and it's and it's still here and it looks fine um but yeah just kind of i put the mirrors on the wall um because a mirror company wanted a ridiculous amount of money to put them on um you know the the things that I didn't do are obviously the things above my head, uh, the plumbing and the electrics. Everything else, you better get you better get ready to be an all rounder because um, you you simply will not have the finances to get a professional in for every single job. And that is the and that is the kind of the obvious thing about PT um, or or opening a PT studio for me. Um, you. Um, the profits are there if you want them, um, but you, um, you know, you can only PT so much as well. Um, and obviously, um, 
Shaw uh, PT's here now, um, but Charlotte was the first PT that I had PT in here since Danny and Chris left um, 2017. And, you know, I was quite happy on my own. Uh, and, and I was quite happy with other PTs in here. It doesn't really bother me, but understanding that you can only obtain a certain amount of um, profit when you're working on your own will will go to um, will go a long way to understanding that you have to wear those hats because you, you, you sometimes you can't get people in to do the, the jobs that you want. So um, yeah, without going further into that and kind of delving into advice for actual coaching, that would be my advice for opening a PT studio. Get your clientele ready to move in. Um, get the geography on point and really have a look at what you want out of a gym. Um, get, um, get your bargain hunter hat on. If you think you've looked, look again at different options, different ways of doing things. It doesn't, it doesn't as I say, it doesn't, it's not necessarily a shortcut price-wise. Um, sometimes things are easier to do in a certain way. Um, but yeah, you've got to kind of understand that. Um, and, 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 and yeah, wear as many different hats as possible. Wear as many different hats as possible. Do, do as much as you can yourself before outsourcing. Last point on it, um, a lot of my kit, um, a lot of my kit is um, given a new lease of life, um, either when I buy it, because eBay is a great place, and often we can over and often gym comp gym um, equipment brands can overcomplicate things and sometimes there's nothing like the old equipment. Um, so a lot of my kit is given a new lease of life. Um, again, based that on the fact that you're the you are the you are the main factor as to why people get a result, why people want to be PT by you, and ultimately whether they reach their goal or not, not just physically, um, but for loads of other reasons as well. Um, so bear in mind that you do not have to have the absolute flashiest place um, about to obtain the results because for a long time this wasn't, but the results that the clients are getting now are just as good as the clients were getting when I first opened this gym. Uh, and you kind of, that's backed up by the, the kind of the before and after photos on Instagram. Um, and, and, and that is really important to remember. So that is what I would finish on. It's all about you rather than the gym, but it is nice to have somewhere cool. And also once you have wore as many hats as you need to, um, it's nice to kind of step back and go, I did that. Um, and it's nice as well to remember with your mates because I'm lucky enough to have a really great group of friends and they all like, um, kind of chopped in when I needed to, and they still do to this day. You know, I ring them and say, I need I need help with this. They'll, they'll jump on and, and and give some hands on deck. So um, I am very grateful for that. So that's my advice for opening the studio. And also a little bit of an insight into what I did, um, which I hope a few of you might find quite cool. Um, couple of topics left which people wanted me to talk about both of them are a little bit taboo um 
So what I will say first and foremost is about taboo subjects, the way to make them, the way to, the way to tackle them and the way to know more about them, the way to learn more, the way to get over them, around them, through them, is to make them not taboo. Um, the fact that they are taboo subjects are is, is stopping you from getting um, getting the results um, with that particular topic. So, um, my advice to somebody who would want to know more about their a female that would want to know more about their cycle and how it affects their training. Um, you don't if you haven't got a coach you can't outsource to your coach um if you do have a coach and they don't know about that you either have to ask them very openly and this is fine thing this is an absolute fine thing to do by the way ask your coach to go and learn about it and then help you that's what they're there for if you don't want to do that find a new coach if you don't have a coach then you can either invest some time into um into a kind of consultation with somebody that is um, savvy about that topic. Um, you know, things like um, things like eating disorders um, is a good example. Um, I would happily invest some time uh, into that. Uh, with uh, there's um, there's a, a, a lady who lives local. Um, Amelia Thompson, um, get her on Instagram, uh, puts out unbelievable um, information on um, on people's relationships with food. Um, now, if 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 I was a, if I was a person that had an issue with food and my relationship was bad with food, uh, I couldn't afford a coach. Um, but I maybe had thirty quid spare, forty quid spare, and um, I would message Amelia and I would say um, I can't afford coaching. But I've got I've got forty quid spare. Um, can I have an hour's consultation now? Don't quote me that. I'm not saying that. That's what I merely charges for an hour's consultation. Um, but what I'm saying is, um, and something which um, something a, a saying which I use quite a lot is communication solves all issues. It's that simple. If you communicate with people, you'll often come out of the scenario where you've just kind of communicated with them and go, I probably should have spoken to them earlier about that because you will often find talking things out will find will find the answer so taboo subjects make them not taboo by talking about it um there's a big fashion at the minute with that with um mental health um so yeah you use 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 that uh, but we are going to come back to that on a pod um of its own now secondly oh sorry not secondly well secondly on the taboo subjects but finally for the podcast topics um, someone asked me to talk about performance enhancing drugs. Now, obviously, you have to be careful with performance enhancing drugs, um, especially in an environment like, or sorry, especially in a in a situation like this with a podcast, um, because you don't want think people to take things literally. Um, so, I'm not going to give out direct advice, um, um, but I'm not going to hide away from the subject either because. What I'm trying to say is, it's not as it's not actually as taboo as people think, especially not in our industry. Um, now, I'm a firm believer in there's the right and wrong way to do a lot of things. Um, there's certainly the wrong way and the wrong approach when you are considering taking performance enhancing drugs. Um, obviously, in the bodybuilding community, it's rife 
Um, and a lot of people take performance enhancing drugs um, probably when they shouldn't. Um, but that's a learning curve for a lot of people. I'm not going to say straight away that's a negative thing. What I'm going to say is that's a learning curve. Um, because um, sometimes we have to do things wrong to be able to do them right in the future. Um, and that is that is just that is just one of life's things, unfortunately. So um, what I want to say to people is that especially any gen pops, it's not it's not a taboo subject. It, it's not we, we in our industry we talk about it openly. And when I say our industry, I'm not just talking about the fitness industry, I'm talking about the whole of the sporting industry. Now steroids are rife in every sport, like every sport, and people will talk about it. Um within their own circles like it's the fucking weather so let's get this straight it's in it's in the olympics it's in professional rugby it's in professional bodybuilding it's in amateur bodybuilding it's in amateur athletics it's in it's in amateur rugby it's everywhere but what i will say is we have unbelievable resources available to us so if you are making a decision to take performance enhancing drugs which way more people than people will ever realize listen to this do uh, if you go into the local if you go into the into your local gym into the free weights area i am gonna stab in the dark at probably somewhere near 75% of people have done it uh, at some point in their life. But, like I said, going forward, there, there is the right and wrong way to do things. Now, we have unbelievable amounts of resources available to us. So if you are going to make such a big decision about whether you want to use performance and drugs, make sure you use the right resources the free resources that are available. You only have to look on Instagram and look at people in the industry who are who are talking regularly about the use of um, performance drugs and how to do it safely. Um, because here's a thing, here's a thing which I didn't mention, which I should have. As a coach, if you if if we're talking about this from a coaching point of view, you're never going to convince somebody that they can't do something that they want to do. It's that fucking simple. You have to. You have to either allow them to talk to somebody who will um, will help them make good decisions or you have to help them make good decisions yourself. That is, that is the role of a coach. You have to guide somebody uh, on, 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 on whatever path they choose to go on. Now, um, you know, that, and that, and that's kind of, that's kind of the, the up and down. If you hide from it as a coach, you are limiting your um you are limiting your if you had from it as a coach f who coaches um that kind of demographic the kind of people that would want to use performance enhancing drugs um which is again a bigger circle than people might think um you are limiting your um you're limiting your possibilities as a coach you're limiting your clients um value you're massively limiting your clients value um and um, that's if you're ignoring it, by the way. That doesn't necessarily mean tackling it yourself. That means allowing, uh, outsourcing the, outsourcing it and allowing someone else to tackle it. Um, 
But yeah, what what I just want to say on that because we're gonna I will it will be brought up in future podcasts, especially um, especially one that I've mentioned earlier today. Um, it's not a it's not a taboo subject. Um, again, like with anything, learning about um, learning about the hows and the whys is imperative um, when we consider um, how we want the results to fare and the when we want to limit the negative side effects of uh, of such a thing but for now that is it i'm going to finish on that um we will we will come back to that subject very very quickly i hope that's been useful um i've enjoyed it i didn't enjoy it at the start i was shit myself i'll be honest with you um but i've enjoyed once i relaxed i enjoyed chatting um and i hope um i hope some people can take a lot from this um and um yeah i will be back um next week with um with tom ogden and paul rob um and we are we're going to talk about a few different things um but uh yeah it's gonna be uh it's gonna be just as much life based as it is pt based um because i know both of them have had some uh some life experiences that we can draw from um, and i just want to finish today actually on um on something that uh, i spoke about recently on social media um which I had uh, a pretty amazing response to actually. Um, a response that I wasn't really expecting. I don't know what I was expecting. I spoke recently on social media about the issues I've had in the past with uh, mental health um, and where I found myself a year ago um, as of last Monday, the 11th of May. Um, what I had to do um, on that day um and a few other things if you haven't if you haven't if you haven't read the post go and read the post um because hopefully it might help some people but i just wanted to finish today's podcast by saying thank you to those people that reached out to me i wanted to say thank you to those that interacted on the post because as always with social media the more you interact the more people it will uh, the more people it will reach and the more people it will reach the more people it will help which is really really important now that post putting that post out um i had that written for a long time and i didn't uh, i didn't want to post um much like i'd had this um this idea for this podcast written um written out and blueprinted um for a long time and i was i was nervous about doing that as well so i guess the message is one speak out if you need some help um, because I did, and um, things are very different for me now because of that. Um, and two, if you're worried about um, if you're worried about what people are going to think of you if you do something, or if you want to do something that you think you will enjoy, i.e., like me with this podcast, um, and you don't do it because of that. Um, the only person that that is shit for is yourself. Um, and a couple of things I'm glad I've done this week. I'm glad I've spoke and I've spoken about um, the mental health issues that I had 
um, and probably will continue to have um, in flashes because that is the nature of, um, of mental health. Um, but also it's, it, you know, putting that post out allowed me to, uh, or getting ready to put that post out and, and, and launching this pod at the same time allowed me to realize that, you know, you, you have got to step out of your comfort zone um, to do the things that you want to do. So if anyone's listening, anyone's watching, um, that are thinking about either one, talking to someone if they need to, or two, doing something that they've been putting on the back burner for months and months and months, just please go and fucking do it because um, you'll be thankful for both of those things. Okay, have a good day, people. See you soon.